Welcome, everyone, to the initial episode of Worst Movie of the Year, in which we go over uh, the worst movie of a particular chosen year. Uh, we watch it, we put ourselves to the ringer, and then we come back to talk to you guys about it, to any of our listeners out there. Uh, before we get a little more con- of what the concept is and where we're going, uh, let's probably explain who the voices you're hearing tonight are. Uh, go ahead, uh, Tony. Tell us about yourself. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Tony Kay. I am a freelance writer who resides in Seattle. I write for a couple of different uh, websites. I panel at Crypticon with some frequency. Uh, and uh, I am also one of the co-podcasters and cohorts of Mr. Bob Foster on the lovely City of Geek podcast. Uh, Jason? Uh, yeah, name's Jason Weiss. I'm also a panelist with some of these guys at Crypticon the past few years. I'm a musician at heart, so I record under the name Laughing Window, an ode to House of Laughing Windows. Woohoo! And, yep, <laughs> and a <laughs> lifelong horror fan. And uh, Seth? I am Seth Sherwood. I am also somebody who hangs out at Crypticon a lot. Um, I'm a uh, screenwriter. I wrote Hellfest 2017's Leatherface, and more recently, I've been working as a writer on the Hulu show Light as a Feather. Awesome. All teen girl horror all the time. It's still good stuff. Yeah, I like all those projects. So. Um, <laughs> Amen. And uh, I'm Bob Foster, one of the other founders of City of Geek. Uh, we do have another podcast, City of Geek Podcast, that you can find uh, as well, cgeek.com, with our reviews, analysis, review, uh, everything else that we're working on. Uh, we do have that regular podcast that comes up as we hit the time to do it. Um, actually, we have two ready to go up as we record this, so I'm going to be behind. Kim's probably wondering if I post this first, what I'm going to do wrong. Um, but we decided to do uh, this side project because, uh, you know, I, like everyone who's sitting here, so much of our friends, love awful movies. I watch so many bad movies. Um, and I'm aware there's other podcasts and websites that do go through bad movies as well, uh, how this get made, uh, good bad movies, a bunch of other people. But uh, I wanted to throw my own hat in the ring and get together different panels of people week to week, depending on what movie uh, we're looking at. Uh, and just, you know, watch these pieces of shit and then talking about them because uh, it's, it's fun. It, it's, it's better. It's more fun to watch, talk about bad movies than just the good movies, if you ask me. Though I love my, my good movies. Um, and the, the basic concept here is instead of choosing something randomly, I'm going to pick something. I'm going to use a random number generator from 1965, I think, is the year I chose to now. And then we'll go to Metacritic and choose the lowest movie rated that's still available in some way. So I do have my next movie lined up. I'll say what it is at the end. Um, and then we'll see who wants to talk with me about it next week. <laughs> uh, so it won't always be horror. Um, and then uh, it'll just be whatever's down there. If we already talked about movie for that year, I'll move on to the next movie. Um, if it's not available, then move on to the other thing from there. Uh, in this case, I'm actually breaking the rules for the very first episode. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yay! Some of the rules can be this. If something notorious comes out, I want to talk about it. Uh, like this for tonight's movie, Veronica doesn't have Metacritic rating. In fact, it has one rating at all. No critic <laughs> ratings, one audience rating, which is a one out of 10. Um, <laughs> and, and so, but I've been waiting to watch this forever. And I figured this would be the perfect inaugural movie for this podcast. Yeah, uh, I've got a, uh, I saw a 1.9 on IMDb, which yeah. is amongst the lowest. <laughs> and that's come from IMDb ratings. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking about Veronica. Uh, it's probably, yeah, probably saw it in the uh, opening uh, uh, on the title page, if uh, if you're coming to it because you search for Erotica, welcome to listening to our first episode. And uh, 
some of us who watch this movie more than others because they hate themselves more. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, giving uh, a little I bit would, I would be I would be the one who is exercising the uh, master's degree in uh, in uh, guilty uh, ex-Catholic masochism as I have watched this film six times. <laughs> Because you hate yourself for some reason. This is not oh, the best yeah. birthday present to yourself, Tony. Well, I well, this is the thing. The same morbid fascination that governs true crime obsessives who pour over the most grotesque misdeeds that have been wrought by man for the most minute details is kind of what governs my fascination with this thing. It's it's that indescribable. <laughs> Uh, but we'll yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, it can barely be described as a movie. Uh, yeah, that's pretty I, much. I, I, I you know, the I, fact I, that it's called a movie. But yes, <laughs> there you go. A movie in name only. Um, I think uh, Bob, you hit the nail on the head when we were talking about this off air, uh, like several days ago, and you said that the aesthetic was very much a an early '90s Skinamax movie. <laughs> and it really, visually, it just nails that. I mean, I don't know if that's the visual homage that uh, writer-director Glenn Danzig was going for, but it sure as hell came through loud and, and clear to me, to us. Actually, I, I don't so. think I was the one who said uh, Skinamax. I think that might have been Jason, might have been someone else on, on the page. Uh, I was comparing it to like something as a bad full moon movie uh, sitting next oh, to all yes, the other yes, bad yes. ones at the, in the bottom shelf of a forgotten Forgotten Hollywood video in the early nineties. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> it has which, that, that which is feel. A, which is apt also. Yes. Like I though the movie, it's, I actually like this this particular movie I'm about to mention. Um, it did remind me like of the Dead Hate the Living and like that style of filmmaking and the way things looked and but it looks like nineteen ninety four and it got stuck and it's popped out now. Uh, you know, twenty six years later to feast upon our eyeballs. Uh, I mean, the thing that's interesting about the, the pseudo porny look to it is that I, um, I'm not sure that Glenn Danzig has actually ever had sex. Because <laughs> for, you know, I mean, I remember the, uh, I actually read the Veronica comics back in the 90s when they were out, and they were pretty graphic. And I, was expect, I wasn't expecting like a porno, but I was at least expecting some sort of a level of eroticism. And this was like, despite like a few nude scenes, like it was like, anti-erotic like, like <laughs> oh, God, it was yeah. like you know it was like a it wasn't a boner killer it was like a boner retract into the body <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have in my notes that it feels like it's a it is like you know dan call skin and max like it feels like a porn a, like a sexy porn movie whatever though it's neither of those uh i want to call sex by any means but this stops exactly. before any of the sex actually starts <laughs> yes exactly yeah, yeah, I actually think he was kind of going for some sort of Gene Roland, Jess Franco, redemption films kind of thing, especially with the, the sort of the, uh, not the narrator, because she doesn't actually, or she doesn't, the host, I guess, doesn't actually, actually introduce anything, but I think she was definitely meant to be a Eileen Daly kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. I, as I was watching the third, the third uh, vignette, especially, um, one of the notes I wrote down was an obvious attempt at homaging the languid, dreamlike intertwining of eroticism and death that John Rowland played with only real, real shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and that pretty much, that, that's the aesthetic that he, I, I mean, you know, it's really ironic to me, I think, that this guy who, uh, this, is this, a movie this out of touch and amateurish was excreted by the same guy who fronted the Misfits 
because Danzig's misfit stuff and his best early solo work capture the atmosphere and the spirit of the trash horror that he obviously loves so much with a lot more fidelity and visceral efficacy than this fucking movie does. I think Which, that you know, because... and I know, and another another footnote, I never want to hear anybody piss and moan about Rob Zombie directing movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, uh, I feel like, the, in the same way that Glenn Danzig has never actually had sex, <laughs> I would say that I don't think he's actually seen a movie yeah. since the movies he watched, you know. Oh, yeah. He was watching movies that were like 20 years old when he was in The Misfits. You know, everything was about from like a, you know a fifties or sixties B horror film. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he's ever watched anything other than those movies. So by comparison, in his mind, what he was making was you know Citizen Kane in comparison to to what you know he watched back then. <laughs> Which is ironic as hell. I, I guess. You know, we should probably like do a quick setup of the movie, which is in case you haven't heard already, Veronica is written and directed by ex-Misfit, current solo artist, Glenn Danzig. And uh, it is a three segment anthology horror film. Uh, and I, it, it's kind of my my notes I wrote. It's an 11 year old's idea of Euro horror, mixed <laughs> with favorite things, bad metal music, bondage metal gear. Uh, naked girls, gore, with a production designed by Hot Topic, because that's pretty. <laughs> well, I got Hot Topic on my notes as well. <laughs> when you say that, it, it almost sounds like it would be really cool. You but it's, think, like, but that's, but it's all in the execution, man. It's all in the execution. On paper, thirteen-year-old me would have loved this, you know. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah of course, I think that. Tony's probably the only eleven-year-old who wa- you know, who watched. Uh, Euro trash <laughs> movies when they were new <laughs> at Lakewood Cinema. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, if you tell me just, it's like, sorry, go ahead, Bob. Oh, no, I was like, this is pure amateur across the way in every manner. Like, he's, I don't think he's seen a movie before. I don't think he knows how anything works. This makes the, the common phrase is it makes Tommy Wiseau look like a genius. Uh, but this is the room is like miles above this. Uh, this, this is just almost trash. Like, I don't even know if I want to watch it again, let alone six times, like Tony. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe the God. first like hour like was, was interesting enough, then the last half hour is just dull as shit see uh, this is this is my vantage point this is probably why i'm the only one of of us idiots who watched this more than once <laughs> twice, that, twice okay good good I, I i don't feel completely um isolated and alone um but I, this is the thing about this movie that really that really struck me um it is i, I the, the last half hour especially it felt like Five hours. Like a Saturday Night Live skit version of a Jean Rollin or Jeff <laughs> Franco movie. I mean, literally, because the the thing that the thing that was cracking me up. The, the third story, in case you don't know already, is about a Contessa of Blood who drinks the blood of virgins. Because that's what virgins. you do when you're a medieval pound, countess. Tony, Tony, it's uh, it's yes. virgins. Oh, virgins, yes. And virgins. I, I, I'll bet that was an homage to uh, uh, Udo Kier. Yeah, I think you're giving more credit to to Glenn Danzig. I'll, 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 I'll take the glass half full. I, but I, yeah, it was really funny because I, I kept on watching it and thinking Danzig thinks that one endless shot of this woman drink bathing in blood and making Google eyes is somehow artistic. Um, again and again, yeah. again the and longest again. bathtub scene. <laughs> yeah, the, and that the all four of these sequences. Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say in the repetition of like a couple of minor piano notes in the score. 
and basically the pattern of one scene without any beginning, middle, or end is actually artistic. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. thing with that third story. There is no beginning, middle, or end. It's really Which, just it's just again, the middle. <laughs> again, it was, it's a fucking eleven-year-old watching like *Rape of the Vampire* or something, and and like trying to pattern after it on a on a home video camera. And I and I, you gotta love the dialogue. I mean, I. You know, first of all, you've got another shitty accent, and that's we'll, we need to talk at length about the first the first episode. And the yeah, we should probably at some there. point talk about them in yeah the in semi order. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we should do um, that. But uh, okay, well, you know, let's just do that. Let's back it up then, and uh, and let's go to the first story, which is called the albino spider of Dajet. So we should probably say that. Uh, you know, warn for spoilers. Um, but it, yeah. in this case, I don't know if they're spoilers so much as they are. We're taking bullets for you if you. <laughs> I should have mentioned that in, in the opening that yeah, if we're, if we're going deep deep into a movie in anything, whatever we're watching, it's going to be spoilerific. I hope that anyone, I I don't hope that anyone actually watched this movie other than us. But <laughs> if you don't want to be spoiled, I, I, I yeah, just you already been spoiled now, but. Which means uh, you but need to we go have... see it, watch it now, and then come back. <laughs> it's only like four dollars on Amazon. Yeah, four dollars and ninety-three minutes of your time. Which is about three ninety too much. <laughs> <laughs> which is the length of a good Saturday Night Live skit, which is yeah. you know that appeals to obscuro geeks like us, basically. Uh, if it were targeted that way, so yeah, the albino spider of Dajet. Um, I, the thing that floored me is when the movie first opens there's a guy and a girl coupling on a couch and the guy starts speaking this strange tongue that I don't quite understand. He's, he's saying sat seat. What sat seat? And I'm like, sat on the seat, sat what, what seat? And then I realized that he's saying that's it in a really crappy French accent. And then at one point he says, Cam appeared. And I realized that that's shitty French accent for come up here. And then it becomes clear that this movie is set in an alternative France where nobody actually speaks French, a few couple of like terms of endearment accepted because everyone in this bizarro France only speaks English in a shitty French accent. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of whacked out conceit is that? that? That is something that is like somebody put so much thought into, into making that the aesthetic of this movie. It just, or of this segment, it just, Oh my God, it's mind blowing. There's yeah, literally no reason why this needs to be in Paris, I suppose. Oh no, and yeah, I, yeah, and yeah there's no locale um, reference references to it whatsoever. It's, yeah, it's, it's the same four crappy sets, you know, filming someone's garage. The uh, sets that come out of a you know a bad porno or someone's you know in their garage haunted house. <laughs> well, the, well, yeah, there are a lot of porn actors in this, including yeah, fair enough. Dejet herself is a porn actress. Oh wow, I I did not know that. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 although I'm not I'm not surprised. So, um, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, the movie opens with Dejet, the title character, making out with this guy uh, on a couch, and uh, he tells her to cam appear. <laughs> or come up here, excuse me. Uh, and he starts to try to lift her top, her tank top. And so he lifts the tank top and, spoiler alert, her breasts have eyes where her nipples should be. And Oddly then after enough, that- This does nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then after there. that, one of the best choices, 
Seth, if you put your name on a, on a line of dialogue this good ever, you should be canonized. The first line he says when he sees this is, your teats, they are looking at me. <laughs> That's literally in my notes too. <laughs> oh, okay. And it just gets better from there. And, and yes, why do her titties have eyes? Who knows? Go with it, you know? But I love her cry. reaction when he gets scared too. She's like, ugh. Why does every guy just get scared when he sees the eyes on my tits? <laughs> I mean, she's so filled with plastic anyway. Why are you usually surprised if there's plastic <laughs> eyes on her tits? It's made out of plastic, like from top to bottom. So I might as well. <laughs> to me, that, that, that makes the statement of like, like I mean, <laughs> anything, I mean, obviously when you're writing, you're making your own shit up. You can do anything you want. The one thing that you have to do when telling any sort of story is there has to be some sort of baseline. So, you know, like, especially in a horror story, you're like, this is normal. This is the monster. This is the other. This is the scary thing. There is never any frame of what is normal. I mean, like, tits, eyeballs on tits could be normal. It's like all in the universe, France, where nobody speaks French. Like, there's never any sort of, like, there's no sort of, like, grounding principle that says why anything is the way it is. Especially since people don't react at all to, like, a giant albino spider. Because right. it's like, they like look at him for a second. Like when the police come in to shoot the spider at the end, they're like, huh, okay. So, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, react. I, I think it, it, it bears um, mentioning to kind of get people caught up on kind of what we're talking about is the, there's this, a bad CGI albino spider crawls up a rose that's in Dejet's room. And then one of Dejet's titty tears lands on the spider. And the spider badly CGI morphs into an arachnid guy was basically kind of a six-armed Freddy Krueger as designed by the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers design team and built on a budget <laughs> that would uh, cover maybe four Happy Meals and constructed by Sid and Marty Croft. That's, <laughs> that's a giant the, gaping hole at the bottom of his costume. That yes, trophy. Yeah. <laughs> you can you. see the strings between the two yeah. little sets of arms. Oh, God, I know. Yeah. And, I, and I, now this is the thing. Since he's French, rather than call him the Nick Breakout, which is his official title in the movie, I prefer to call him Spider Garçon. So <laughs> Spider Garçon surfaces to kill people in the real world when uh, crying titties falls asleep. Which is another thing that's kind of like, okay, that's a thing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and they, then he gets like, what's weird is sometimes she seems like she's asleep when he's there, sometimes she's awake when he's there, always with a woman that he's having sex with, even though he has no genitals. Yes, yes, apparently. Yeah. I, you know, well. And it's a thing. And by the way, that, that CGI sequence was like straight up PlayStation 1 era cutscene. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so much of the film actually reminded me of like full motion video of that time. Like, yeah. there's ever there's like a Ripper video. Uh, do, you, do you guys ever play that Ripper game with uh, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Walken in it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it reminded yeah. me like those type of shots and those like uh, uh, seven disc thing you would buy from Babbage's for like five bucks. And like, that actually is a great <laughs> unifying principle of what this movie is. is actually a collection of cutscenes from a shitty '90s horror video game. <laughs> <laughs> that makes Never sense. Absolutely. Just <laughs> game set and match. I, well, the thing that jars you out is that even those were better edited than this is. Because there, <laughs> there are points where Danzig holds a shot for so long, it's like the editor like nodded off, like fell asleep, and then like somebody startled him, and then he cut, and then he did the cut. 
after you've been dozing for like 10 seconds. And there have been at least like two or three camera shakes in the meantime. Thank Lots you. Lots of Thank camera you. shakes. Yes. Uh, and the, uh, at this point, the actors are running out of lines. They're kind of staring <laughs> off in the distance. So it's maybe yeah. say a line and something will make <laughs> like up. Like there's scene edit, just edit. Fade to black. It's like, we need this to be 89 minutes long. So we need to just hold the shot. Yeah. So who do you think had the best and the worst French accents in the first segment? <laughs> I'm curious. Oh, oh, the, definitely the waiter at the the cafe. <laughs> yes, yes. With the neck tattoos the neck barely hidden. <laughs> La neck breaker. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that scene because she goes to that cafe in the city. Which has below. a neon sign that says neon cafe. Sign that says cafe. <laughs> so we, the audience, know where she's actually wandered into. Um, also, just a, just a minor logic problem <laughs> a thousand of them. if you are a woman who has eyeballs on your breasts and you're faced with living this life and you know you need to make a living and you have a job obviously the first thing you'd want to do is become a fetish model who does photo shoots and you don't want to ever have to, have to show your tits thank you very awkward photo shoots with <laughs> models just sort of lazily swaying back and forth. Well, and the great part is this, this occurs after the first killing, which is, of course, one of, uh, one of Dijet's friends. And there's this absurd exchange between her fellow models and her because oh. she wakes up from her nightmare. And for me, it's a little hard to swallow the show of empathy when it's being delivered with zero irony by a bunch of models in bondage gear that are mangling French accents. I'm sorry, that just was a little bit of a stretch for me. <laughs> who, like, who doesn't notice that one of the models is asleep on your set? She's, they're all standing there doing their thing and she's just asleep to the side. <laughs> no one's running this thing. No one's doing well, anything. And I I, I gotta, um, I, I gotta do a shout out to the actor who uh, who played the uh, who played Spider Garcon because I thought he was extremely amusing. He was terrible, but he was like full on invested terrible. The actor's name is Scotch Hopkins and Scotch, yeah. Scotch Hopkins, as in Scotch, which you should be drinking if you're watching this movie. Um, but yeah, uh, super like super hammy. Um, like an Inspector Clouseau level accent. So he's probably the second best. I think the best French accent in the movie belongs to the blonde hooker that gets threatened with sodomizing by Spider Garçon before Spider Garçon breaks his neck, breaks her neck. Thank, thank you for yeah, specifying which blonde hooker. Yeah. The one, yeah. The, the one he wants to fuck in the ass, I think he says. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Very, very specific. Yes. Compared yes. to the uh, blonde hookers in the second segment. <laughs> Which may, you know, point to, you know, that, 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 that points to the, uh, to the auteur's uh, sensibilities for sure. I'm looking at Mr. Uh, Scotch's uh, IMDb page and he works a lot. Oh, oh man. I mean, I've heard of none of these things. <laughs> oh, no, wait, there's Gangster Protocol, Alien Siege, Virus of the Dead, Bloodcraft. Sounds like things made in Romania for five bucks and a pizza. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is, it's just ridiculous because, like, nothing, like, everything that happens for both this segment and the rest are so disconnected from each other. Like, yeah. and this, the cheapness that shines through. Like, uh, in particular, uh, this segment, when she goes to the movie theater, she couldn't actually <laughs> the get a movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> so he built this crappy theater and then 
Did you guys notice that the projection booth was just a fan in front of a light? <laughs> oh, hell yes. Hell yes. Oh, and, and, and again, okay, second, well, one of many great choice lines in the movies is when she's sitting in the theater. Now, mind you, this is a model who's just been giving a, a Hummer to a jaded French guy who, you know, insulted her, her eyeball titties. And, and she's watching this porn film with like three other guys in the theater. And she says, this film, it, it, it is only people making sex. <laughs> I wrote that one down. I, I also want to yes. point out the, the small detail, the exterior of this Parisian movie. Um, the one of all the <laughs> of all the theaters, because uh, obviously this, this was shot in Los Angeles where dancing lives. Yeah. Of all the theaters with marquees in the Los Angeles area. Yes. The one he chose as the one was the Los Angeles theater. Yes. So I'm just going to assume <laughs> there's a Los Angeles theater in Paris. <laughs> and that's just you know. It could happen. There are Americophiles. <laughs> there are Americophiles over there, so it could happen. I guess. Yeah. So I mean, actually, um, no, funny enough, there is a Paris theater in Portland. At least it used to be years ago when I lived there, and it was a porn theater. Yeah. Maybe the Los hey. Angeles is the porn theater in Paris. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> That's Amer- American smut is all I play. Oh. <laughs> Woman with eye titties. <laughs> eye titties. Yes. Thank you. Um, what did you guys think of the? Didn't you love the twist at the end? I didn't see it coming. <laughs> Oh, where she knows herself. <laughs> all, this, to... all this like stone silence. Uh, I was trying to remember for a second. It's like, what? Well, I like how she one? first calls the cops and just, uh, or, you know, calls the police and just, just says, I'd like to report a murder and just sort of hangs up. <laughs> like there's no questions. There's no follow up. <laughs> cops just know what's going on and just roll on in. <laughs> Speaking it's really okay. funny. Yeah. It's really funny when they do arrive and they got that, that battering ram to break the door down and they're doing yeah. it so gently because the actor is obviously afraid he's gonna knock the whole <laughs> down. That whole wall, that whole wall shakes. Like yeah. that Oh I know. I kept on waiting for amazing. it to just totally give. <laughs> and you know damn well he would have left it in. Oh my god. So you get one go oh. and that's it, even if you're shooting digital in his case. Yeah. Oh God. But yeah, they get okay. in there. And they then, look at the spider dude, spider Gasson, and they stare at him. <laughs> they look and they look and they yell. Yeah, and... <laughs> what they call him? Just some pale face or something? Thank like you. That? Thank you. And no big deal. No big deal. It's just a six. It's just a six-armed spider guy who's been breaking the necks of women for the last God knows how long. And it does include that. Of course, what's the closing line? It's yet another, you know, Glenn Danzig bon mot, which is Sargent. Her breasts, our eyes. <laughs> Barring actual clips, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that with every crappy accent that is posited at me. Yeah, because no even I one. could do better than they did in the movie. I don't have the time nor desire to go through the movie again and pull out audio clips. <laughs> that means I have to write it again too, because my my 48 hours is already done. <laughs> oh, uh, so uh, uh, the second episode is change of face. Well, you're skipping, you're skipping over that there's like a, a horror host for all of these. Morelia or whatever. Oh, thank you. And actually, she doesn't I doesn't actually say... introduce anything. She just oh. has a, a bad, like a really bad pun. Like I, I think for this one, she's like, 
there you go the eyes have it yes <laughs> that's exactly. like it and then there's just like the title screen for the next story yeah like, oh. and the yeah, random eye gouging is actually starts the movie with the full yeah style. I, my <laughs> yeah, eyes I was, I, yeah i was gonna say that's a nice attention getting opening um but uh yeah it doesn't really have a lot to do with the rest of the fucking movie nope also played by a porn star yeah i'm assuming everyone this movie was <laughs> although i will say i'll give her props she at least sort of seemed to be having fun and seemed to kind of trying to be acting sort of whereas that that particular skill was either was something that the rest of the cast but that was either unwilling or unable to provide so there's <laughs> yeah. something there i'll, I'll give Jeanette her a minor a, bonus point that had a tough time yeah there you go <laughs> Then we slide into a yeah change of face, which has a, a woman who is scarred in some way, and she keeps killing prostitutes in uh, in same alleyway, uh, taking off <laughs> taking off their faces, wearing it once, and then putting them on the wall. Uh, she's a stripper who doesn't strip, uh, Not yeah. putting them on the wall, nailing them. To yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, being followed by a cop who apparently is a psychic of some way. Yeah, it's basically yeah. It's this is an you know this is the reason why. I, I, Glenn Danzig had, uh, if he did, if he didn't see a lot of Euro trash horror, then he must've had it described to him by someone who did. And I'm, I'm leaning towards the latter because again, this movie on paper, this, this segment rather is kind of, uh, an homage to, uh, Georges Franju's eyes without a face, Les yeux sans visage, um, with, uh, some Jess Franco faceless in it. And, uh, and, uh, tiny itsy bitsy, teeny weeny bit of uh, of the texas chainsaw massacre with the little you know face tableau thing going on um so that's that's where we are and for the record i didn't think she looked bad at all with the scars man. Yeah, she would have been fine yeah, i'm like you're i'm like i'm like you you know you're all right you should be able to do all right without you know wearing other people's faces or, or putting them on the wall but you know oh and my again i i'm sorry I, i'm taking this is this is the side effect of me having watched this fucking movie a half a dozen times is i have to quote lines and one of them is one of the choicest bits of poetry that this movie offers which is saying a lot which is her little kind of haiku slash free verse which is dead skin mask that i wear it fits so right makes me feel like i'm alive like i'm not the disfigured freak i am Thank you. Um, well, done. well done. I like what Bob said about the, the stripper who doesn't strip, that it again ties into my, my, my theory about this film. Danzig has never had sex. Danzig has never seen a modern movie that you know, wasn't a porn. And I, I don't know if Danzig's ever seen a stripper because he has this cast clearly made up of porn stars. I'm sure at least half of them started with stripping. And yet, the one he chooses to put in this role is the one who doesn't know how to strip. It doesn't, you know, and the, well, the story is she's the greatest mysterious stripper ever. But she I, just yeah. kind of flails around and does nothing. Exactly. Yeah, flails I, with her cape, with her nipples you. covered. Yeah. By and her mask and that covers up even the fact she just stole a face. So why does she I, need the mask? I will say the, the Mysteria mask that, or the outfit that, that she wears at the end is a nice bit of protective fetish gear in this COVID-19 era. I was pretty impressed with that. <laughs> Would you have to, hey, strippers are essential personnel. Amen. Um, I, yeah, I, I sat there watching this and thinking, you know, and the lighting, I'm looking at scattered notes here. The lighting is like a high schooler's version of Creep Show. Strip, 
strippers strip endlessly to super trashy butt rock slash hair metal slash new metal. This is one low rent strip club with just a few ratty looking patrons. Then the mystery girl stripping, not stripping to an actual dancing song. So, or is it a, yeah, I think it's a dancing song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For like four times, you know, this is a movie of oh. repetition again. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I would like to give Glenn some uh, props for his restraint because he, very easily could have just done only his own songs for the entire movie. The fact that he put other music that wasn't his in there, I oh, thought yes. like, you it know, very humble. So you mentioning Creepshow, because I did in my notes, he was like, if Creepshow wanted to be sexy, or, <laughs> but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> oh, know, yeah, the striptease to uh, Jody Farrell, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing oh God, yeah. how long those strip scenes go on. I think in my notes, oh. I wrote like the musicians must have been like producers and the requirement was they have an entire song. <laughs> I started to wonder if uh, for uh, any sort of distribution deal, he had to have a minimum runtime because he basically had about a half hour <laughs> worth of like movie here and just between the endless long takes and the full songs and everything like Oh, I think that, you know, that yeah. sort of was maybe there to pad things out a little bit. Just a little. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the stripper scenes, they're like endless and they just keep on going and they keep on going. And I, it's just at, at, at some point, you just you just kind of either give in to the surrealism of it or you just give up entirely and walk <laughs> out on it. I lean towards the former, obviously since I watched this damn thing a half a dozen times. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, I wrote Jess Franco Zooms, more stripping, endless stripping without nudity. When there's gratuitous nudity throughout the other two stories, the point is question mark. Um, and and yeah. more bumbling, more bumbling cops. Oh, yes, yes. Just yes. Sort of standing around crime scenes. Just sort of oh, only with at the least uh, worst evidence. Well, we have nothing to trace them at besides this trail <laughs> of blood, all this gore. We have nothing to go on. There's no evidence. Well, they just call well, it a day, like, walk away. Well, that's where he's like, you know, Sergeant, you know, uh, Sergeant Mr. Clean or whatever is like, uh, where's her face? Um, whoever did this just left with it, you know? And, and then he's like, well, there's your motive. They wanted her face. <laughs> no, there's no motive, Tony. There's no he's, motive to these murders. It's completely a random act. There's no motive to this movie. <laughs> well, based upon that opening, uh, the kill scene of that, of, of that, that segment, uh, there isn't a murder because she just wanted to die because she just stood there like 25 feet away. Uh, yeah. Holding the knife, and then the, the, the woman who gets killed kind of stares back at her, like, Oh, it's a knife. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna kill you. To <laughs> you. Oh, <laughs> it's a knife. <laughs> and there's, there's no running, there's no, there's no, you know, it's like, Yeah, oh, it's, the, again, I, SNL skit, SNL skit. The totally. removal of the faces, um, <laughs> again, part of my core theme, he fucks up the things that he's promising you. Like, you think it's dancing, <laughs> there will be sex, there will be music, there will be gore. Like, with all things to, like, get, that would have been easiest to get right in this movie, nudity and gore would, I mean, like, who, who went into this not just, like, saying this is a nudity, nudity and gore movie? And those are the things that are routinely screwed up. The face, Oh, God, like, yeah. Like, he could have, I mean, anybody, any horror fan whatsoever in effects in this town in L.A. 
would like be like do gory stuff for Glenn Danzig on, for like in a weird video. Oh fuck yeah, one hundred percent. And yet it's the worst effects like you've seen. <laughs> Both this one and you know the blood in the next one and the face ripping in this one. It was like you know I'm surprised you knew to cut the camera because like you know it's woman's face knife coming towards it. Cut to another angle, then cut back, and there's like you know some Play-Doh being pulled off her face. Like I, you know, it literally made me think of the episode of The Office where Dwight puts a piece of bologna on his face <laughs> to do like Silence of the Lambs. Like, that's how good it looks. Yeah, I also wanted to mention that 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 cop you referred to as Mr. Clean is the only actor I actually recognize because he's actually the bad Karate Kid in Karate Kid Part Three. Uh, oh my god, dude! Him. Oh my okay, god. that that's one of two semi like. And then there's a pro movie. wrestler. It's the bouncer, but oh my god. that's beautiful. Yeah, Karate Kid Three. <laughs> I didn't think we go there. <laughs> so, um, uh, anybody else got anything to say about change of face? Well, yeah. well, the <laughs> ending really doesn't make. I don't know what the point was. Like. Oh. He, she survived <laughs> the <you>. shootout. <laughs> they show her at a new strip club introduced as, what is it, Mysterium? Mysterium. Yeah. Change her name. Same She's place. She's got the bullet holes. <laughs> Good someone, point. Someone I, did, I did not think of that. dollars bill, and she just tears it up. And that's kind of <laughs> like the end. So she's not stripping for money. It, it, like, there's no, I thought the cop was going to come back and catch her there. Or she had the cop's face on. It's just, it's just, it's just, I, I'm just picturing Danzig at, at his computer saying, and then she tears up the bill. Oh, this is great. <laughs> but then I realized I'm, I'm saying that he actually wrote something, which I don't, I don't think he did. I think he just, Made it up as he went along and no one could yeah. tell him no. Yeah. So like, and what's uh, it's crazy about that with Danzig is it's, you know, it's known how much of a low, he doesn't have any sort of sense of humor, like at himself about it all. No. And oh, it shows God, through like, that's, that's why so I find fun. this to be sincere as hell. Like some people were saying he had to make it this bad on purpose. Like, no, 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 no way in hell did he try to make this as bad. He thinks this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, oh God. Yes. <laughs> that's what makes it, you know, and I, I am of the, I am of the, uh, of the, uh, opinion and the belief that um i i'm I, I i don't super ascribe to the whole so bad it's good um theorem because i think if a movie entertains you then on some level it's you know it's just it, it's it's doing what it's supposed to be doing this is one of those movies that is it just like puts up a neon fucking sign and in you know super surround dolby stereo tells you like like announces its its grandiose intentions and completely and utterly fails at them that you can't help but mock it it's just it's oh, it's it's just uh, I, there's nothing like it there hasn't been anything like it in like quite a few years the comparisons to the room i don't think are fair because like as much as tommy Obozo, like was just out of his mind and screwed everything up he was <laughs> still like somebody who loved movie it's like it's like ed wood like ed wood was like yeah. tried as hard as he could he loved movies and he wanted to make one he just sucked yeah. at it you know like like <laughs> it's not this isn't even like that like this is just like you can't even like respect that like someone tried to do something amazing and was just such a spectacular failure at it because he's got <laughs> zero sense of like 
self-awareness. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Nail, nail hit on headset. Thank you. <laughs> and then, uh, so looking into the last segment, as we talked about earlier on in this, uh, in the podcast about Elizabeth Bathory, essentially, uh, I didn't write down the title. Uh, Tony, do you have the title? Or? It is Drew Kia, Contessa of Blood. Found. Sounds good enough. <laughs> My main note <laughs> or for this. It's, I, I don't know. I don't think they ever actually say her name because it's so weirdly spelled. I don't think they. <laughs> I don't no think anyone in the cast could name, pronounce it either. But it's D R U K I J A. So I'm assuming that the J is silent, and so that would be D R U K I J A. So I'm thinking Drukia, maybe. There's some sort of Slavic thing going on, or maybe I'm giving them too fucking much credit. Probably. I mean, yeah. Okay. It's a, it um, is a period piece. Yes. Uh, <laughs> some reason <laughs> like i like how we all lapse into stone silence when you say that um I, yeah and it's and it's replete with another great bad accent which is where we get the she is a virgin uh, uh a virgin uh which is how uh the contessa addresses uh the uh the topic of of uh you know whether these are deflowered women young women or not um i do want to give a shout out match do you think if they are from the same ancient land they would at least have the same (laughs) bad accent but like one has one accent one has another and the rest are just like like i think the contessa's accent actually changes like three times oh you know what absolutely lots of wandering accents yeah well it's it's well, uh, the Contessa is just a, like a very diverse, she like favors a diverse um, cadre of staff members and victims, I think is what's <laughs> going on with that. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Caroline Williams, who plays the peasant mom who sends her, her naively, or maybe not so naively, sends her, uh, her child off with, uh, with the Contessa. Um, she, I, I gotta say, because she's, you know, feller, fellow Chainsaw family. And she's a very, very sweet person <laughs> um, yeah. who I've, I've hung out with many times and, and we have a lot of friends in common. She will do, she will work for her rate if you can get her. She loves heavy metal music. She loves Danzig. And, and she just goes in and she just gives 110 million percent and then she leaves. Yeah. Uh, she was, I, I really was like, I was like, okay. For five minutes, I'm like, well, maybe we should follow this woman. She's a fuck ton more interesting than anyone else in the movie. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was her. So, yeah. Go on. I think, but I didn't really see a different energy than anyone else. Like, the only person seemed to have yeah. any stage presence. Yeah. She's the only one with a legit resume in the entire yeah. movie. <laughs> well, besides the 500 things that yeah. the spider demon dude was in. Oh, right? of course. <laughs> Which, you know, basically, to squander your best actor in, the, in your entire movie on, on a relatively small part like that as well. It's just typical of of uh, Danzig's visionary outlook on things. Um, yeah, jeez, uh, I I liked how when she would bathe, she would make sure that she had all of her clothes taken off except for that kind of spangly spark with the spiky dog collar that she had on her head. Yes, she'd always rub that on. on, and I'm thinking. I'm thinking, don't you want your hair to stay youthful too? You, you may. Why are you afraid of getting? blood on it um if you watch carefully you can see you know as she disrobes that once she gets into the um into the tub 
as she's getting into it, she's like, they make, they make a point of it making you think she's climbing in naked, but they don't crop out the fact that she's still wearing like spandex <laughs> on the lower half. <laughs> and she can see the blood. Oh, this is the kind of movie where you can't help but pick that stuff. No, I'm I think, I think, a, I think a, a blood tube actually shows up at one point. Yeah, it does. I've ever seen that too. And then just, yeah. uh, when she's wandering around the woods later, there's a crew clearly visible in the background. Yes. Uh, and yes. like, who are those guys? Are they? In, no. Like, no. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> like, like, and not like hidden in a corner reflection. They're just standing there. Like, it's Thank amazing that, that, that they use that shot. I had to rewind for a second and see, like, did I miss these people's entry? And all right, where are they, are they going to come? No, just scene of her walking in the woods. Folk? Nope, that's a crypt. Uh, that's, that's... Oh, At that like point, I don't think anybody cared anymore because no. he didn't have a script. He's just going because my continual note for this segment was do something. Is something <laughs> oh, going man. to happen? He's in that <laughs> it's just the same like scene. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she's in that tub forever and then gets out and just makes weird facial expressions at the mirror. For, it must, it, like, for like 20 hours, she's just staring yeah. at that mirror. Just okay, goes, they were going to the special effects when she in. gets younger, but they couldn't afford it. Yeah, just zoom oh in yeah. and then out and back in and back out. Well, this is, this is again, I'm just randomly quoting from my notes. Um, Yummy heart munching. Supposedly, <laughs> supposedly dead victim keeps shifting her arm. Yes. Even the corpses give bad performances. Even the fucking corpses give bad performances. Well, what, yeah, I did a girl in the first segment, just the same yeah. thing too. When she died, you could see her moving around. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's sort of, but, it, but it's, it contributes to the disorientation, the atmosphere of disorientation that Danzig is shooting for. Because he's trying to get to that dreamlike state of a Jean Rollins or a, a Jess Franco film with a little bit of art house pinched into it. You could say that, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get on, I see you're trying to get on the box of the, of the DVD. <laughs> Best movie ever. Says Glenn, Glenn Danzig. Yes. I, Writing for so. Glenn Danzig. Um, Gordon yeah. Danzig, produced by Gordon oh, Danzig. Oh, okay, okay. I, two more lines that I have to quote because it's the Contessa and they're fucking amazing. Okay. The first one, these both, uh, well, yeah, this one occurs when she um, feeds some Virgin cutlet to one of the, to this wolf who just comes galloping out of the, out of the forest. Um, now my black beast, bring me a girl. Bring her to me. Rip out her throat and let me suckle her sweet juices. <laughs> that quote-unquote wolf was basically the goofiest, nicest husky anyone <laughs> Thank you. has ever seen. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure something was going to happen there. Like, oh, we have a, a plot pivot. She's outdoors. <laughs> uh, something will happen. Yeah. Nope, just give it a good doggy. It's pets. Nope, it's an obvious <laughs> to be one of her victims. Oh, uh, yeah. Virgins taste good, taste sweet, do they not? <laughs> when, when she's feeding the wolf, she says, Virgins taste sweet, do they not? <laughs> and that's when she goes from German to French. Um, yeah. I just want to point There's, out one of my, uh, my other notes here was bag w bad wigs and worse tits. <laughs> that's, that's the cover art for this. Snap! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what in context it was, but it doesn't really matter because there's no context in this. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Yeah, I, the thing that I would tell people is if you're going to sit through this, really expect that 
nothing happens per se. And what you just have to do is just savor the dialogue and savor the complete sober-facedness, straight-facedness that, that this whole fucking segment is delivered with. This is motherfucking art, motherfuckers. <laughs> I Quote, think it was a, 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 a thread where, I've often said this about American Horror Story episodes where you can watch one episode and it might seem kind of cool and it makes sense and sort of plays off what the previous episode did and sets up what the next episode's going to be. But any sense of cohesion beyond that, like, three-episode window is gone, out the window. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of how this is with, like, any given scene of this movie kind of was set up by what happened before it, and it's kind of setting up the next thing. But the first scene and the last scene have zero connection, like, whatsoever. It's like a, what, an exqu- uh, exquisite corpse style writing you know Absolutely. you're already seeing a paragraph oh, yeah. of the time yeah, you only want exactly. to know what the previous person did and that's it yeah only the first one was done by an eight-year-old the second one was done by an 11 year old and the third one was done by a nine-year-old <laughs> but somehow it's all written by the same person <laughs> oh boy that was a yeah that was a an awful blast of a movie and i'm glad i finally get to see it <laughs> I, I could just see the the smoke arising from the from the rickety ruins of of this conversation because we're so struck silent by <laughs> by this by this would, thing. Would we actually classify this as a movie and not just like <laughs> a mixtape of bad scenes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You. Uh, you can't. It's exact. That's a very good way to put it. Just a series of unconnected events. <laughs> that's that's that should be the title of the series is glenn danzig's seemingly unconnected events <laughs> it's like the like a fever dream you'd have for watching a bunch of you know, euro trash films and you it, <laughs> totally. you know, you're having and drink a bunch of nyquil go to sleep and this is what it is it's disconnected it's slightly sexy but not really <laughs> it's just kind of well, is the thing the, you know, then you the wake up and you try to explain it, and what you explain is what you wrote down, and that's what you film. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. I, you know, it's really interesting to me that um, there are things in this movie that, if the right director handled it, and there was a budget, and there were real actors, that if all of that stuff were interlocked, you'd be able to go with this shit. You know, I mean, I, I can't, I can't begin to rattle off the number of. European horror movies largely that I've seen that will go off the rails in terms of conventional logic but because there's a sense of style to them or they've created atmosphere or there's an interesting you know kind of twisty subplot going on this has none of that it, it it's like basically it's like it's like it's like the cor- the carcass has been boiled all of the bone or all of the meat and the muscle and sinews been taken off and now they're grinding away at the dried bone they're just, and that, that, that's where they are. Oh, oh, even Bruno Mattei would shit on this. <laughs> oh, hey, okay. Hello, Bruno Mattei. I brought yeah. <laughs> my Rats Knights of Terror t-shirt. Hello. Hey, I like Bruno Mattei, but. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. Um, because we're talking Veronica. But uh, yeah, we would uh, thank you guys for yeah for coming out for the first uh, episode of Worst Movie of the Year to talk about Veronica. <laughs> I really appreciate having us a great uh, panel tonight. 
I'm gonna leave. Oh, thank you. When your when your your first episode is the worst movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time it's uh, I don't know. We'll do Parasite. No, it's got to love Parasite. We might actually <laughs> go for the, the best movie of last oh. year. <laughs> we might actually get to now, do this again. We're in, um, yeah, we're in suspense now. We got to know what is yeah. the next movie. Uh, oh, yeah, well, well, so the really next quick. movie uh, yeah, I pulled up from 2006, and it's date movie. Yeah, that's a pause. <laughs> date movie. Yeah. That's oh. the lowest rated movie of 2006. So I, okay. I hate that movie. I'm going to rewatch it again. Uh, but I'll worry about that when the time comes. Is that comes. one of those ones in the spring of like, or after Scary yeah. Movie was a hit, they started mm-hmm. making parodies and everything, and it was just whatever. Oh, yeah. Exactly. This one is Allison Hannigan. Uh, and oh. I don't remember anything else about it. Um, oh, wow. But uh, so My we'll see things go from there. I was hoping whatever would be next would be something more interesting, but I decided not to cheat and uh, <laughs> really do what came up. Uh, and that's what was that came up. So we'll see from there. Uh, but yeah, essentially what, I, what I'll do is I'll have different people on based on who's interested in talking about whatever movie. Uh, so the next time might be any of you guys again or whatever movie comes up. Uh, if you have interest in it, let me know. If anyone's out there listening to this and likes the movie that I might be talking about next week, let me know. Or if you want to be interested in shoot me a message and I'll add you to the, the group um, and uh, where things go from there. Uh, stay tuned for a week from now to talk about a uh, date movie. But uh, anyone want to say final notes of where it can find you? Anything else further on Veronica and just general? Well, just one final note is uh, I, I was listening to a, a, an interview with Julian Sands and he was referencing how he's working on a Glenn Danzig zombie western. Ah. <gasps> Be still well, my it's possible we'll heart. have another one of a, a, another Danzig movie to <laughs> discuss in the future. Oh, <laughs> All right, that'd be fun. Please. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that postscript. Um, Jason has a uh, a Bandcamp page for his band. Oh yeah, Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, Laughing Window. You can find it. Also working on some new material. I have plenty of time through all this quarantine. So I'm actually being able to uh, finish some stuff up. Awesome. Seth, what are you working on? Um, <clears throat> I'm working on a, I'm scripting a video game right now. I can't say what it is. Um, it's part of a horror video game franchise, not Resident Evil. But everything's been pushed, of course, with what's going on. So I don't know when it will surface that as soon as i can talk about it i will awesome Excellent. looking forward man awesome uh tony anywhere we can find you oh um uh i write about music for a website called artisthome.org and i write about film for a seattle film culture website called thesunbreak.com um as well as the city of geek blog on occasion i'm preparing something i'm very excited about to post there but uh yeah that's what I'm doing besides chilling, illing, and celebrating this particular day with a lovely gin on it. Because uh, Tony took a time out of his birthday to come talk to us today about Veronica. Happy birthday. Uh, happy yeah, birthday, happy Tony. Birthday. You guys. Uh, yeah, and I'm Bob Foster uh, on City of Geek as well. I didn't mention earlier on our, on our intros, but I do, you know, uh, panel at Crypticon with these guys. Um, and uh, City of Geek, uh, find us there. But also for this page, there's a Facebook setup. I'll put up something for that so you can find us uh subscribe to this subscribe to city of geek uh let us know what you might 
have one have me watch at some point in the future i'm open to suggestions as well um outside of the uh, the the norm uh but thank you guys for listening to the first thank you guys for speaking on the first episode thank you any listeners for sitting through our hour of erotica and hopefully the audio will sound okay i haven't a chance to do a check yet <laughs> uh so hopefully it doesn't sound too awful but hopefully as things move by i'll get through the format and the audio a little better um but thank you everyone and uh we'll see you guys next time like comment subscribe hey, all that shit <laughs> all right bye all right i'm gonna turn off the recording catch you later